0: What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack at Augusta.
1: And Golf Talk Washington rolling along, Josh Kearns, with you. And now that we're all playing again, we can start posting our scores again. And when the season was getting underway, we were talking about some changes to the handicapping. And then all of a sudden we started sticking pool noodles and raising cups and stuff. And so I figured now was a perfect time to catch up with Nate Schroeder, who's the director of handicapping and course rating for the Pacific Northwest Golf Association uh, also, Wa Golf, which oversees golf in our state, of course. Nate, great to talk to you. Unfortunately, we're having to do it on Zoom, which seems to be the way we all communicate now.
0: Yeah, this is the the new reality. I think everybody's gotten comfortable uh, video conferencing here in the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I don't know if comfortable is the right, but it, we've accepted it, begrudgingly. Probably a
0: better way to put it.
1: Yeah, at least you and I can put you know in our virtual backgrounds nice golf courses in the background, so we've got that to hold. Yeah, I think on we've too. all
0: had to figure that out a little bit, find a nice <laughs> spot that makes you look responsible and put together. And
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. So let's talk about the the handicapping thing because at the beginning of the year there were a bunch of changes that we're implementing, standardizing around a, a new global system, if you will. So take us back to the beginning for those who who didn't even realize things changed. What happened?
0: Yeah, so the the USGA and the RNA got together with all of the other national um, associations around the globe and came up with the World Handicap System. It's something that had been in works for a number of years. Uh, They finally got everything put together. They released it, came into effect on January 1. Um, You know, here in Washington, we don't start posting scores until March 1. So Um, we really just got a brief introduction to it. We kind of spent the first couple months of the year trying to educate everyone around the state, get our members or handicap chairs up to speed. And then we had about three weeks of posting scores and and then golf got taken away. So um, it it is a new system. It it feels a lot like the old system. Um, The way it functions is is very similar, but there's different calculations. Uh, There's some different Uh, methods to do things and some different safeguards and things like that so um, it it wasn't a huge change in that wow the the handicapping system looks completely different Um, but there's a lot of nuance that uh, players were just kind of starting to pick up on um, before we we got uh, on pause here temporarily.
1: You know the biggest one I noticed was I downloaded the new GIN app and that now your handicap actually changes every day you're not waiting for that revision uh, that, that used to happen once a month, which I personally love because we used to have guys at my club, I will not mention the names, uh, who would suddenly magically, you know, uh, I, I, they, they, they seem to be a 10 and suddenly they're playing to a 6 when it came time for tournaments. So I like the reflection of, uh, a more accurate reflection of where somebody's game is at in in real time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's much more responsive. Like you said, uh, if you post a score, it's going to update the next day um so you know you're, you're on there uh it's it's an accurate reflection of where you're at playing currently you don't need to wait that 15 days between revision periods so uh, it's much more responsive in that sense and uh, there's some other uh, aspects to it too that kind of kind of uh, evaluate the golf course on the day you played. there's a, a correction for course conditions that it just It total becomes a much more accurate uh, handicap than what we had before. And
1: will I, in terms of of the, the direct impact on that number that I have... Will I? What I expect with a, this new system that my my handicap is going to go up a uh, you know a bump or two down and bump or two, or should should everybody coming back to playing again be somewhat right where they were at? Let's say you know you were a ten last year, are you still a ten this year, more or less?
0: It's still going to be very close. Uh, when we hit January one, everybody um, got revised under the new handicap system. Uh, our scoring records stayed intact. Um, and just depending upon the new calculation, some people went up a few points, some went down a few. Um, but for the most part, it, you're still going to be fairly consistent to where you were uh, in years past if you're still posting scores in the same range.
1: Uh, let's talk a little bit about specifically around posting and the uh, safety um, guidelines around COVID-19. Uh, some courses have the raised cups and they say, oh, your putts good if you hit that. Some, you know, a lot of courses have put pool donuts in. I, I've played a few rounds over the last couple of weeks. Anything that we need to know or do differently? I, I, I would assume there's a lot more gimmies going on. What are you, you know, what's what do we need to know about that?
0: So, uh, when it comes to um, handicapping and under normal circumstances. Um, you know, if you modify the hole in any way, your score wouldn't be allowed uh, when it comes to to posting it for your handicapping purposes. Um, So when all of these ideas started popping up, uh, middle of March, um, immediately, you know, whether it was Washington, other states, everybody reached out to the USGA. They said, hey, this is what's going on. How do we treat this situation? Um, The USGA kind of got together. They looked at a lot of what was coming in um, and they decided to uh, make an exception which is in effect until uh, otherwise noted by the USGA that scores played under these conditions are acceptable for handicapping purposes. So it's allowed us to keep our handicaps up all summer long while this is going on. You know, again, obviously we don't have an end date right now uh, in Washington. Every golf course you see it's actually mandated right now to, to use some of these precautions, whether it's a raised cup or something in the cup. And in order to post an accurate score under these conditions, uh, we need to use the most likely score guidelines that are in the rules of handicapping in rule 3.3. Um, so you, it kind of goes two different ways. You know, if you're in a competition or if you're in your group, you need to decide amongst your group or the, the committee running a competition needs to decide um, when the hole is completed or when the ball is considered hold. Because when we have these modifications, you can never actually have a ball that is hold per the rules of golf. So, um, once that's defined, that's how you can conduct your competition. But on the other hand, sometimes the way you define the ball to be hold for your competition may not meet the most likely scored guidelines. So, to give you an example, if you have a raised cup that uh, sticks up an inch or two above the ground and within your group you say that all you have to do is hit the cup and that the ball is considered hold. So you may have, say, a 10-foot putt that just barely glances the side of the cup and bounces off. For your competition, the ball is hold, but you have to ask yourself if the, the hole were regulation, would that putt have dropped or not? If you don't think the putt would have dropped, you need to add that extra stroke. That That's where the most likely hmm. score guidelines come in, and that same principle applies to if you have say the cup flipped upside down or if you have a pool noodle or something else in the cup um, that prevents the ball from falling down, um, it's a little bit easier in those circumstances to tell whether or not the putt would have dropped because most times the putt will drop. Um, but there's certainly a chance with that something blocking the hole or in, in the hole where it only falls an inch where you hit a good putt that is say dead centered, strikes the flagstick otherwise would have dropped if there were room for it too, but maybe it bounces out. Um, So, you know, again, for that competition, maybe you have to take the extra stroke because that's how you guys define the ball to be hold. But when you go to post your score, you're going to post your most likely score as in what you would have taken on that hole. So those are the, the guidelines that need to be applied uh, in all circumstances when the hole is modified uh, when it comes to posting scores for handicapping purposes.
1: I love the most likely score. I play with too many people. Oh, I would have made that putt. For you know that three footer or whatever, I mean, it's amazing how many people there are out there who are more than willing to give themselves a putt when you get in competition, and they you know suddenly those putts don't drop for them. But that has nothing to do with your handicap per se.
0: Yeah, certainly. And you know the the most likely score guidelines they weren't invented for this circumstance. You know the USGA took a look at things and decided that they were going to allow it um, in in these conditions where normally most likely score is. Use say if we're playing match play, um, you've got a a putt for birdie. I've already missed my birdie putt. So you make it. I can't beat you. So I just pick my ball up and move on. There's no point hitting that. But when I go to post my score, I need to have a most likely score. So there, there's some guidelines for that. Um, And that those were really just moved uh, and, and allowed to now apply to this circumstance because we can't pull the ball at, at any point under the rules.
1: I know I'm going to make a hole or what, you know, have a hole in one. I'm going to get that, that shot. I've only had one in my life and I know I'm going to hit the pin. It's going to hit the pool noodle and come out. And and I'm just, I'm waiting for that moment to happen. I'm sure we're going to hear those stories. Yeah.
0: That I think actually Jordan Spieth may have already done that. Right? Oh yeah. (laughs) It it gets a little tricky there. Certainly, you know, and, and that's where it's a little more difficult to apply that properly. You know, if you're hitting short putts, you're going to be pretty consistent. You know, your most likely score is probably going to be very accurate. Um, if you're chipping from off the green and you, you strike the flag stick coming at a good speed or a cup that's raised, you know, that's where it's a little bit harder to apply that properly. But um, it's very clear within the rules. It's not meant to uh, give a player any advantage. Players aren't supposed to use this to take advantage of the system, the handicap system in any way. So, yeah, I, we're all kind of in this together uh, within your your group, whether you're playing at your club or or just your friends. You know, it's. Uh, everybody's doing the best that they can right now. And, you know, nobody should be using this as an opportunity to, to take advantage of their handicap.
1: Yeah, totally. Hey, let me ask you um, real quick, Nate, we're talking to Nate Schroeder, who's the handicapping and course rating director for the PNGA and, and WA Golf. Um, ESC equitable stroke control. I still get confused about this. I was playing with a friend of mine who's a single digit uh, the other day and um, he made a triple and then he's like, well, do I post a double? What's my ESC? And then I realize I am still not clear on that. How does ESC work? And when it comes to posting our scores, how do we figure out what we should put down? Because I know there are some, you know, sometimes it used to be you can only take a double maximum or you can only take a maximum seven, whatever. I'm lost on that one.
0: Sure. So um, ESC was a function in the old, in the USGA handicap system that has actually gone away. Um, the principal still uh applies in the World Handicap System. Only now we use net double bogey instead of ESC. Um, It's a little bit easier to figure out. So uh, if you're familiar with net scores, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a net double bogey is the highest that anybody can take on any given hole. So it's simply going to be par plus any handicap strokes that you receive uh, on that hole. So you need to look at your course handicap which you can find either on a a chart at the course before you play or on the gin mobile app and then you need to look at the stroke allocation uh, on the the course scorecard to see where your strokes fall throughout your round Uh, and anytime you exceed uh, a, a gross double bogey you would need to look and see if you get any net strokes on that hole and then adjust accordingly when you go to post your score Uh, The easiest way to do this is just to post your score on a hole-by-hole basis. That's another one of the features in the new World Handicap System that is actually the preferred method of posting. Um, So if you go on the the GIN mobile app or GIN.com and go to post your score, uh, you can use the hole-by-hole option. And then all you have to do is just punch in your actual score, your gross scores from the round, and your net double bogey is going to be calculated for you, and your adjusted gross score will be calculated and posted properly so that's so cool yeah it 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 takes some of the thinking out of the players hands which can be a good thing can be a bad thing because you certainly you know you want players to to know what their net double bogey uh, score is as they play but it's also a good way to obviously be a fail safe and, and make sure that your score is posted correctly
1: I made a net double bogey yesterday. It was very embarrassing, but that's for an, another story for another day.
0: Well, that's, uh, that's the beauty of it. If you just, if you're just playing, uh, you know, a casual round, you're not in any kind of competition. Once you've exceeded net double bogey, um, you can, you can stop the, the pain on yourself, pick it up and move on to the next one. You don't need to keep suffering through the entire whole, uh, once you've exceeded that number.
1: And then lastly, you know, clarify just for, for people again, you're supposed to post anytime you play, right? You can't go, Oh, I was just screwing around today. Or i mean, in in the spirit, a uh, true spirit, we are supposed to post every round that we play, right?
0: You are, there, there are some requirements that need to be met um, when you post that they haven't changed from the old system, from the, the USA handicap system under world handicap. We still have the same, Um, provisions there. You you need to play within the rules. Uh, You need to play with at least one other person. Um, You can't be, say, taking a playing lesson, Um, those kind of things. If you're out there and you're hitting four balls on, on every single hole by yourself, you're not going to be able to post that score. But you can't decide, I don't want to post today because I wasn't taking it that serious when, you know, you've got people with you and you're playing a postable score. Um, so a- anytime you meet those provisions, you are, are have to requiring to post under uh, the handicap guidelines.
1: Well, I'm a reverse sandbagger. I don't like to post the occasional blow-up score. And as a result, I can't play to my handicap half the time. So, so.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's where net that double bogey uh, takes care of that. That, that keeps those uh, you know, one-off holes at where you blow up from inflating your handicap.
1: Well, I'm sure nobody listening can relate to that to the occasional blow up hole.
0: <laughs> hey, we we all have them that's that's for sure so that's that's where net double bogey's is going to be your friend
1: right on. well we really appreciate all that you guys do you know i don't know if people realize you know it's not like there are ten thousand employees down there at, at the pnga at wash you know at Wa golf uh there's a handful of you and you are so dedicated and and uh i just i really appreciate it where can people find more nate about this if they want to start to dig into this more where's the best place to go uh
0: right onto our website uh www.wagolf.org uh, we have a, a tab on the top menu that's called Keep Score. That's where you're going to find all of your handicap information. Um, we've got the guidelines that the USGA has posted. We've put those in detail, uh, how to play um, safely under COVID-19, how to post your scores with these precautions that are being taken. And also, it's a kind of a one-stop shop for everything you know about the World Handicap System.
1: Cool. And hats off to you guys uh, as part of the Washington Golf Alliance, along with the Superintendents Association and the PGA chapter or, or the section and everybody else for lobbying on behalf of golfers with the governor's office and, and getting us back out on the course. And, and now we just expanded to foursomes, which is great, too. So thanks to everybody down at your office.
0: Yeah, it was a great team effort, um, certainly led by Troy Andrew, our executive director. Um, he worked with the entire industry, everybody got involved that, um, you know, there, there aren't a ton of great things that have come out, obviously, of, of COVID-19, but within the golf industry, um, getting everybody together and, and working cohesively to, to work with the governor's office and come up with a solution was, was certainly a positive.
1: Right on. Nate Schroeder is the director of handicapping and course rating for the Pacific Northwest Golf Association and WA Golf, which is one of the how many how many associations? Washington, Oregon, Idaho, BC. Did I get them?
0: Those are the four that make up the the PNGA.
1: Right on. Well, thank you for all you guys do, Nate. Really appreciate you and everybody at Wa Golf and the PNGA, and look forward to keeping up with you throughout the summer.
0: Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.